This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 19, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and the MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New features for this year include dramatic 3D ballpark and player improvements, an all-new tournament mode, allowing for infinite combinations, all new scouting systems, significant AI adjustments based on the latest trends, and so much more. Even better, if you order now through the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to OOTP Developments and clicking on the order banner. Just enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout. Once again, just go to OOTPDevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout for a special discount that helps support the Sleeper in the Bust. Thanks. Welcome to episode 541 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Thursday, April 19th. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, joined by Justin Mason. Justin, what's up? Dude, Chris Stratton is the best pitcher alive. Ever? No, no, Don't even include the dead folks. He's better than those guys, too. He's so good. For sure. He's so good. Uh, He's been awesome, dude. And in my, I, I was so glad you came out to the Twitch stream last night because you were getting love beforehand about stratton we were talking about stratton and a couple people in the chat were like oh you know i scooped up some shares because of justin on the pod and what a what a gem that's back-to-back gems and that's you know obviously he's been good all four starts the first two against the dodgers you know giving up just five earned in 10 and the third was solid uh but then back-to-back seven uh seven inning outings on the road and yeah one of them's in san diego but you got to go dominate the schedule that you get. And he did put up one hit in seven innings and then one run on five hits, eight strikeouts in Arizona. Humidor or not, going into Arizona is never easy. They're, they're a solid Zero team. Walks too. So Zero it, walks in that game. That was huge after seven because he's, like he's not like a major control, uh, control issue. Even last year when he had 4.3 walks, for me, uh, with Stratton, it's more of like a uh, – uh, feature not a bug like where he's working on the edges and sometimes he's gonna because he doesn't give in and that's kind of something i like about him it's like yeah he does have a little bit of a higher walk rate but that's because he doesn't really give in um and then did not have any walks yesterday he looked great he looked he looked great so obviously you're you're happy about this outlook 222 era 0.90 whip and 24 and a third i can't imagine that you're selling Right, you're just you're gonna buy this out. What are you gonna get for him? I mean, like, yeah, exactly. The only people who bought in on Chris Stratton were people listening to this podcast. (laughs) Let's be honest. No, no, no. It's no one's tripping him. It's true, and and that's why I always hate when I just hear like, well, you got to sell high on this guy, whoever it is, too, right? What, but when it's a player of this level, it's like, and the general, you know, on on an article or something's like, we'll just sell high on him. What, What what does that mean? Like, what do you mean, sell high? Yeah, you're you, there's you're not going to sell high on a Chris Stratton right now. You write it out. I mean, it's obviously not going to be this good the rest of the way, but mid three ZRA, which is fine. Absolutely, but yeah. Anyway, so you you write out a Chris Stratton. You paid so low for him anyway that you're seeing this till the end because even if he puts up, you know, 170 innings of of what he's done his first two stints. 
you know, say like a 360-70 ERA for 170 innings, that's a big win where you got it, right? And so you, you just ride it out with a guy like that. Um, but I know that every time he goes, I'm sure your your Twitter feed fills up. You definitely uh, you definitely pop to mind immediately for me when I see Chris Stratton. And if he ever gets crushed, I'm obviously going to uh, mercilessly make fun of you. By the way, so oh, of course, and like you know, it got filled up yesterday because uh, Dansby Swanson hit a home run. So of course, like you know, Dude. like everybody, like what if, between Swanson and what Stratton. If he's good? It's just what, it's what just if great. he's actually good this year? He's not would, though. Like I no, I know, I know. Four forty Babbitt. Um, plate skills not even that special. Twenty one percent strikeout, six percent walk. Um, I will say he know. did make us. He did make like an approach and swing change, but like uh, Lance Browdowski, uh, uh Big Three Sports uh, wrote up uh, in spring training. Um, I think he's over at Razball too now. Um, but, uh, like, it's still, like, the underlying numbers aren't special. Like, this is going to come crashing down. He, I mean, but crashing down to where I think is worth investigating because with Dansby Swanson, I, I think we are, we are in agreement that he's, he is better than last year, though, right? Like, you believe yeah, that sure. he's I not mean, that trash bag. No, that he's, like, like I, I can totally buy he is like the Zips rest of season projections. Two sixty three, ten homers, five steals, eh, ninety two WRC plus. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's you know a league average shortstop. Okay, I guess. I don't. I don't really want you know. And again, that's not somebody that you get to really sell high because nobody's going to be paying you. Big time for your Dansby Swanson share. So if you if you scooped him, you just ride it out. All right, let's dive into some of the some of the news going on here with injuries, and then we'll cover some some performances. Uh, or actually, we'll start with the firing. Brian Price was fired out in Cincinnati, and I'm a little torn on it. Like they have cover to do it pretty easily because they've been wretched. I think they're like three and fourteen. Um, and that's one of the worst records in the league. It might be the worst by percentage, but everything's so skewed because of all the different game counts that teams have based on whether or not you're on the Midwest, East, or, or Western part of the country. Uh, you know, you might have as many as 18 games or as few as as 16. But yeah, they're three and 14. They've been brutal. One of the things that stood out to me, Justin, with the Brian Price firing, is that uh, their pitching's been really terrible. And and so I think that maybe they were looking at it. You know, it is early to pull the plug. And I was kind of figuring, well, if you're going to pull the plug this early, why even bring him into the season? But, you know, they gave him a shot and they're like, they're probably thinking like he should at least help the pitching. But he's not. The pitching has been horrific. And obviously he, they, he can't go out there and pitch. But I certainly don't see him uh, improving the pitching in any tangible way. What do you think of Brian Price getting fired? I don't I don't get this at all from. Uh, a real baseball standpoint, you know, you you give him a garbage team. Like, what what did what was the outcome expected that this was going to be a team that competed? I mean, they they had a garbage rotation and they were missing pieces of it coming into the season. That's true too. It's like they they did not come in full. I made I've tweeted out that joke about how they bring up the most WTF guys. Who the f is that guys of any team? Every team has them, but like. The, the the people that they bring up, who the hell are these guys? And I follow baseball. 
obviously, right? I I know players. Zach Weiss, Jackson Stevens, two last names. Get get out of here. Tanner Rainey, uh, Dylan Floro. Uh, but <laughs> and and then I tagged Tanner uh, Tanner Rainey. <laughs> such a piece of garbage for that, by the way. <laughs> That's why I'm over here laughing if people are wondering. Uh, uh, I would have killed you if he would have, like, if it would have started, like, all right, nerd, oh, go freaking read your spreadsheet or some shit like that. I deleted, I was, I deleted it like an hour later. I went, I didn't even let the game end. I didn't want it. was to really it. funny, but I also hated you. <laughs> Austin Bryce, Sal Romano. I know Sal Romano, though. I'm, I'm talking about all those other ones, though, legitimately. What is that name? Who who are these people? Get real. Well, Get. and it's it's yeah, it's just I don't understand it. I mean, they were missing Brian Finnegan to start the year. Andrew Descafani still on the DL. Uh, like, what, I don't understand what the ownership thought they were getting out of this season. And correct, if you're going into the season knowing that it's a full on rebuild, then why not just let Brian Price well, they, do it? I mean, and they lost one of their best hitters in Suarez to an injury. Mm-hmm. Um, they're their refusing best to hitter. call up. I you know, I almost wonder Sense if out, yeah. there is some sort of if there was some sort of feud between him and the front office because he made a comment uh, when Senzel uh, was moved back over to third after the Suarez injury about like I don't have any control on when he comes up. Like you know. Oh, so maybe he was. I wonder if like there was like some friction. Like, hey, I, I want like some talent on this team, and they're like, listen, we're not starting the clock on these guys. And he was probably like, well, why not? Like, yeah, we're not going anywhere, but like, let's just get the best players up. And that is a, always a balance, right? I think sometimes it can go too far. You have a guy that's ready, and and then the spot opens up perfectly. Why wouldn't you call that guy up? You know they they had it long enough to to save that extra year. Yeah, I don't I think mean, they that... need to super to it, which is a nebula a nebulous date in like early to mid June, based on how many other guys get called up. So, yeah, and he's always been an outspoken guy. Brian Price had some dust ups with uh, with reporters, <laughs> never afraid to speak his mind. So I'm sure he had one of my favorite tirades ever. That we, oh my gosh, like we'll swear every once in a while on this podcast, just kind of in in passing, but like. This was like extremely explicit. <laughs> Basically, like, just a beep if yeah, you if you, if you were catching the edited version. Yeah, it's a it's it's a pretty glorious uh, uh, transcript. Um, it really is. You you really ought to check that out um, on Brian Price. But yeah, he's gone. You know, I think he'll latch on somewhere uh, doing pitching again at some point. But um, from a fantasy perspective, uh, since we are a fantasy show. Uh, are you worried yeah. at all about the amount that they'll run? Because he's really pushed on the base paths. Uh, second most stolen bases in the major leagues since 2015, the Reds have. Uh, hmm. Right below um, uh, right below the Brewers. A part of that is having a guy like Billy Hamilton sure. on your team, but that doesn't account for everything. Are, are you worried at all that that will drop off a little bit? No, because I, I think that the guys that 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 run well with them will be allowed to run if they're ever able to get on base. See, because 
they're not getting on base at all. 284 OBP for Billy Hamilton. He still has four stolen bases, by the way. 246 for Jose Peraza. Uh, LOL to those people who thought he could hit this year. He would just magically learn how to hit. LOL. Um, and he's two for two. So no, I, I don't. I don't think so. I, I think even Votto, once he gets going again, will will get his handful of steals, which is always nice to get from first base. Although he only had five last year after eight and eleven the two years before. But I, I could see, you know, if they bring in someone that's like staunchly against it, maybe not. But um, I don't know. I think they'll. I think they'll continue to have green lights for the guys that deserve it, and and we'll see about you know yellow lights for guys that that are capable but but aren't really like speed components this team is freaking awful and it sucks that uh three of my favorite players are on that team with Vado castillo and iglesias because i wind up like watching reds games and i and the, this is coming from a tigers fan by the way at least we're exciting okay <laughs> we're six and nine nice, nice. <laughs> the the Giants were six and nine at one point, and that was the first thing I thought. I mean, if you're gonna have a bad team, at least enjoy when you're six and nine. Right. If if you happen to have that perfect alignment, and it comes on a walk off from Dixon Machado like it did yesterday, that was great, fun game. Uh, but yeah, so I don't worry too much about that. But uh, the Reds, they really are really really bad right now. So I, I get why they fired him. Uh, let's move on to some DL situations. Byron Buxton to the DL with migraines. This this sort of stuff uh, is always worrisome. Apparently, he, this is something he's dealt with on more of a long term issue. Um, but ugh, I just I'm always worried when when guys have this sort of situation. At least it's not a concussion, mm-hmm. uh, and that that's definitely different. But I wonder if there was any of the uh, if maybe the traveling. Uh, had had made it flare up or anything like that. I don't know because yeah, that was the report. Was like he he suffered it like either in the air or as they were arriving oh, okay. in Puerto Rico. So it may be a travel thing. Someone may have shown him his triple slash, <laughs> like while they were in the air, and that could be because those I numbers mean, are those those years, dog. Yeah, one ninety five, two thirty three, two forty four. Um. Yeah, because, I mean, that would give me a migraine if I had to look at the fact that I was putting out that kind of garbage. A 29 WRC plus. Okay. You know, again, he has a history of this. It shouldn't be an overwhelming issue right now. At least that's the way the team is approaching it. And Buxton himself, let's assume it's a, a, a standard 10 days here, 10, 12 days or something. He comes back. What? Where are you with Buxton right now? Because it is another wretched start. And, you know, I tried to give him some credit and say, hey, there was more to his second half surge than just a really comfortable schedule because he made changes too, right? I mean, it wasn't like me bestowing credit, uh, you know, as some nice guy or whatever. There was legitimate change. I, I wasn't going to ignore some legitimate change, but I still wouldn't draft him because of the obscene cost. And I still am just wildly skeptical about this guy. I understand the talent. He does still have four stolen bases. You're getting a little something from Byron Buxton. But uh, what's what's his outlook for you once he gets back and healthy? I mean, if you bought in at the price that you had to pay for Byron Buxton, uh, then then you're stuck with him. Like you you can't go and drop the guy that you took in the top sixty. 
because you knew that this could happen. Like, this is who he has been. He, he has had plenty of moments throughout his career where he has been uh, unusable. And then, you know, and then he's going to get on a hot streak and be fantastic at some point. Um, this is kind of, you're kind of stuck. Uh, and I have him in an NFBC league, and he's just sitting on my reserve, and it's killing me. But at some point, he's going to get hot and uh, and steal some bases. And, you know, hopefully the average, you know, swings, you know, up around. I mean, from like May 1st on last year, he hit 272. Like, you know, stole 26 bases, hit so we gotta give 12 him a- home runs, you know, he's, you know, give maybe- him a month. Yeah, I mean, you you can't drop him because, like... No, 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 no. It's all about... The discussion here with Buxton would be about trade um, if if you're going to try to move off. And obviously, if you do that, you're coming into the market with a, uh, you know, a depressed asset and you're not going to get your best deal. But if you're open to trading him, well, let me hit you with some names because I'm not going to say, would you be open to trading him? Because that's not you, you, your answer would obviously be, it depends what I get. Um, would you trade Buxton? And we're going to assume needs a line here where you can afford to move the speed. Um, you know, and, and if if I say a pitcher, then then you need pitching. Would you move Buxton for Tanaka? No. Would you move Buxton for I – I doubt you could get this. I was going to say Acuna if, if the Acuna person was, like, getting antsy. But at this point – I mean, that, like, when do you think Acuna – like, Acuna is supposed to be up already. Like, all the Acuna backers yep, were like, he would uh, get Chris April Bryant 14th, did. he's going to be up, he's going to be up, and – I fell for that shit. Like, you know, and I was like the one person. Well, I wasn't the one person. I was one of the few people that was like, I don't know. Like, why would the Braves bring him up? You you were out there saying, uh, no, thanks. Don't want him because I don't know when he's coming up. It's not guaranteed. And you mix his his underperformance. I'm not going to say struggling because I don't think that he's struggling. I definitely think there is some boredom there, which, hey. You got to put up the numbers, though, man. You're 20. Like you're not calling the shots here. It's also been only like seven games. Like yeah, that's, we're that's talking, the thing. We're talking on a dime. Because like, and I, I'm just I'm randomly saying seven games, but I'll, I'll go to his page I think, real quick. I think it's been 11. 11. 11 games. So like, like yeah. I mean, he could have two hot games in a row, and all, all of a sudden he's hitting 260. Like exactly, exactly. But the, it's the perfect mix of his numbers are weak, and Preston Tucker is raking. Mm-hmm. And he's being kind of whiny. So they have like the whole – they have cover, uh, the Braves do, to keep saying, well, you know, it's not really working down there right now. We can we can ride it out with Preston Tucker. So um, I wonder if you could find a, a, a panic. Now, with Buxton on the DL, that would be tough. Now, if Acuna is not back and still struggling – or if Acuna is not up and, and still putting up weak numbers, again, not struggling because – it could flip on a dime, but putting up weak numbers when Buxton gets back, then I think that deal would open up potentially. Right now, I don't think it would happen, so it's not a good one. Let's try um, Travis Shaw. Would you do that? Yeah. You would trade Buxton for Shaw? For sure, but I, I mean, I love Shaw coming into the season. Yeah, yeah, I so. like him too, and he's and he's doing just fine. Nothing crazy right now, but he's he's getting going. Let me go. Let me go way deeper here. 
What about for Kevin Kiermaier? I'm kidding. He's terrible. No, it's hurt. Um, unlike a John Gray buy low. So buy low for buy low. Sort of. No, I don't think I would. It's tough. I think I think I'd pass too. Because again, if I'm if if you if you got bucks, then you paid like a fourth fifth round in a 15 team like you you paid you paid um what about now this could be interesting if in terms of buying uh distressed assets would you would you scoop justin turner and rather hold justin turner over buxton no because the reports are like justin turner isn't even swinging a bat yet Got some um, bad news. And I just mm-hmm. worry that the power won't come back. And then what is Justin Turner? Yeah, a batting average guy. And and if the, the that's the thing though, the, the lack of the power not returning can affect the batting average. Mm-hmm. Because then you're not even getting enough power to get your, your doubles and your singles. So yeah, that's even if he's that, just an empty batting average guy, like how useful is that at third base? Depending on depending on how like you constructed your team. Obviously, you constructed it with a guy like Turner thinking you were going to get average from him, but you also thought you were going to get 20, 25 home runs. For sure. For sure. You're expecting big things. And by by your, I mean me. Because I have him. Yeah, pretty much. In an NL only league where I'm I'm chilling early, though. So hopefully I can hang on. Okay. So, Buxton, you got to ride it out. That That's really the bottom line here. There, there might be some trades out there that you could consider, but you're going to take you're going to take a loss um, in in – perceived value at least right it could work and, out yeah, for you're you, gonna have but... to you're gonna have to like give up 50 cents you know on the dollar yes. and like uh, is that something i'm willing to do this early in the season especially considering he can turn things around on a dime and be a guy who's you know hitting 270 260 you know get me double digit home runs in 20 st- stolen bases no you just gotta you know, kind of hold your nose and pray that it it, it turns around. Because the defense you, is so good, he's going to get an opportunity. Exactly. And if you drafted Buxton, you had to know that this was a possibility. Because mm-hmm. he literally has done it every single year he's played. And most of the years he has a r- rally, but uh, not always. So, yeah, you just got to sit also, tight. This is also, from like a strategy perspective... If you if you're a person like me or a person like Paul who plays in a ton of leagues, this is why you don't overexpose yourself to a lot of guys like this. Like Correct. I have you one can. Buxton share, and like that is it. Like I, the, you know, I wasn't going to mess around with multiple shares of him. Yeah, the super high volatile guy that you are, you know, you're, you know, quote unquote overpaying to try to spike that giant season. If you if you get if you play six seven leagues and you get them in five, oof, I, I I don't like that with with those kind with those kinds of guys that that you know are just super super volatile. I, I'm I'm all about pitchers <laughs> getting your guy, um, and 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 investing. You know, I, I invested pretty heavily on Albies or whatever, but I don't even think I think he had a higher floor than Buxton to be honest. I, I think he For still sure. does, but. Um, anyway, so yeah, sit tight with that. Hopefully the migraines feel better and, and he gets going because it's, it's fun to watch him play when he's beasting. Um, I don't know what the latest is on this, so I'm going to look it up. But Freddie Freeman was hit by pitch yesterday. I, I saw nothing. That, it was there. so loud that you would have thought it hit the bat. Just listening to it. You, you I, uh, when I saw, originally thought, saw it, I thought it did hit the bat. And I yes. was just like, oh, okay, why? Okay, well, what's wrong? Yeah, you, you you had to think it hit the bat. It 
did not. And um, so it bounced off, you know, it, it hit off of his wrist and made that awful, awful loud noise. Uh, late night tests and results indicated that he did not suffer a fracture. This is per Mark Bowman uh, at MLB Bowman on Twitter, but the Braves have not provided an official update. So that's where we are as of four hours ago from, from Bowman. Um, in conjunction with that, this was before, but it, it became a lot, you know, um, wait, was it before or did it happen? Well, the timeline, I doesn't look, I don't think it wasn't answered too, but in that same evening, they also signed Jose, uh, Bautista. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think it was a response to that. No, no. Especially the because Batista they signed signing, him as a third baseman, right? Yeah, the Batista signing was prior to the injury. Okay. But it, it definitely gives them a little bit of cover. Yeah, uh, the timing was interesting, right? But, and again, I'm not suggesting anything nefarious. I'm saying like the, the, the coincidental timing of it mm-hmm. is, is just interesting because Freef gets hit, and then they're like, well, we did just sign Jose Bautista, and we're trying to see what, what's what there. They Again, they did it under for third base suggesting hey he's gonna come back try to play some third base but we'll see maybe they need him at first base what do you think about tista on on the comeback trail it's so funny because he literally just yesterday or no just the day before so tuesday evening somebody asked in the twitch chat where do you think bautista will go i was like you know there'll be an injury somewhere he'll get scooped well it wasn't an injury but he did get scooped the very next day so are you are you looking to jump on bautista where you in leagues where you can open it up? Because I know some leagues you have to wait till he actually starts when he gets back. But uh, in the free-for-all leagues, would you go get Bautista? Maybe NL only. I'm scooping. Okay. Um, you know, like I've got a fab period for NL only coming up, I think, tomorrow morning in one of them. Uh, and I'm going to put a little bit of money. I'm not going to, like, super invest. Like, someone's going to go and spend 10% of their fab on Jose Bautista. And... I'm just not willing to do that. Uh, I mean, it was, it's been ugly for a couple years. I mean, he still hits for power. He still walks, but the batting average is just, has just been so bad. And like, I, what makes me think that anything has changed? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, he was, he was so rough last year. Bautista had a 76 OPS plus, you know, his Homer and RBI output almost matched 2016, but he needed 51 more games to do it. Uh, 22, 23 in Homer, 16, 17 and, uh, 69 nice ribbies. And then 65 last year, but again, 51 extra games, ugly triple slash, I, I probably won't. I mean, I'll take a look at my leagues where he's available and 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 what I've got. Um, but I can't imagine maybe more than a cursory bid, closer closer in the the three to six percent range. And you're right; I think somebody will drop a ten ten percent, yeah, if mean, not more, because he's a name. So bad, and that's exactly what it is. If this was like Jonathan Batista, <laughs> like no one would care. But it's always or like even. Batista. Even Mark Reynolds, I don't think would, you know, and he's he's a bit of a name, but even that, I don't think would draw as much. I think people are going to want to dream on on Batista because he's going to look like an oasis on the uh, on the waiver wire. You're like, that's a name I know, especially in NL, like you're saying. If he was left-handed in that park, I would be oh, a little bit. I would, yeah, I would be more interesting. But contact rate dropped seven uh, percent last year. 
um, swung more outside of the zone, swing strike grade went up. I mean, there's just not like, I mean, he walks, which is always great. So in OBP <laughs> leagues, at least that softens the blow. But even in on-base percentage leagues, he had barely had a 300 on-base percentage. It was, I mean, it was just ugly. Yeah, that's terrible. That's terrible. Um, all right, let's move on to some pitchers, and then we'll talk about promotion. And continue to move on here. Uh, Taiwan Walker having TJ. We talked about it last time out that uh, he had the forearm tightness, which is you know a leading indicator uh, of, of uh, TJ potential. Unfortunately, it did come to fruition with with Walker. So he's going to be down, you know. It's going to it's going to eat up a lot of next year too. That's the thing. It's it's we're talking maybe a couple months of work next year. So this really rolls back the timeline on Taiwan Walker and it's really really sucks. Um I guess the only thing to really discuss then is is like a dynasty league situation because obviously he's an easy cut in, you know, keeper leagues that are like even keeping like 10 that you know you're not you're not hanging on here. So Dynasty Leagues with Taiwan Walker, he's 25 now. The next time you can reasonably expect like a big season of work will be his age 27 season. And I, I'm a big fan. You know, I've been, always been a big fan. But obviously he doesn't have some track record that you're like, whoa, Taiwan Walker, so amazing. So what do you think of him now that he's going for TJ? I mean, outside of the deepest of Dynasty Leagues, you're dropping him and I, like, I'm not trying to go out and buy low on him. Uh, I'm in a number of dynasty leagues, like, and I'm in, uh, I think one or two where I'm, or actually a couple where I'm rebuilding. Uh, and so, like, if I, like, I'm in a 16 team league one, I, I, I don't think I'm still trying to go out and buy, uh, one there. Like, I just, it's not yeah, like it's not... been special enough to warrant having to hold on to that guy. No, Taiwan Walker, it's, it's kind of a uh, off into the wilderness for you. It's it's similar to his teammate Shelby Miller, who, mm-hmm. you know, they've had flashes of greatness. They have had prospect hype. They're, they're definitely a name that is worth paying attention to. But for now, it's we'll, we'll, we'll catch you later. You know, we'll catch you late next summer to see how you return and then really kind of zero back in in freaking 2020. So that really blows. Um, Rich Hill. Went to the DL. I know that's surprising. Everyone shocking. sit down. Absolutely Probably just shocking. caused like four car crashes. People driving and just so surprised by that. Uh, with the finger issue stuff that uh, that's kind of returned. What was it? The cracked fingernail. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't say that to like I'm – not, I'm not mocking. It's very important. Um, you know, people hear fingernail and they, they laugh or, or want to call somebody soft. Your hand needs to be – I mean, it's, it's, it's your tool. It, it it needs to be intact or at least intact to how you like it with the right calluses and all that. And you can't have your fingernails cracked. Um, and so he's dealing with this again. And this is obviously something that's come come up before with blisters and, and cracked fingernails with Rich Hill. Is this just one of his probably two, maybe three DL stints and you're just kind of meandering along? Or do you have any extra concern with this on Rich Hill? I mean, no more concern than I had coming into the season. Uh, yeah. Supposedly, he was like super pissed when talking to reporters because he didn't want to go. That's on the weird. Tail. He's usually uh, super mild mannered. He doesn't yeah. I mean, ever so, freak out or anything. <laughs> like uh, so, like supposedly, it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal. He thought he could pitch through it. Dodgers are being cautious because they have 
you know, they lands on a championship. They they yep. don't they you know the regular season is just kind of going through the motions. They believe they'll be in the postseason. They believe they'll be fighting for another World Series. Uh, so they want to make sure Rich Hill is a part of that the, the you know the longer term plan. So they're going to take it easy with him. Um, and we've seen this with the Dodgers all last season with across the, the board. Yeah. yeah, I mean even before the ten, ten day DL was instituted, the Dodgers overused the DL. So you know, and they've got the pitching in the minor leagues to do it. So why not just throw him on the DL? He'll be back in ten days, and you know, be back to being awful. <laughs> Yeah, yes, it does have a 60 RA, but that's another one that can kind of flip on a dime because just when you want to give up on Rich Hill, he'll go drop seven scoreless, two hit innings, um, something like that. But yeah, he has given up 10, 10 earned in his last nine innings of it's work. All, it's all home runs. I mean, it's just like. Yeah. And I I wonder if the fingernail was an issue in his last start that prompted a seven earned run outing. He He comes out. He uh, gives up one hit in two innings with two strikeouts, looking great in the first two innings, then gives up two hits in every single one of his next three innings, plus a couple walks and a total of seven runs. That looks to me like something, you know, you could easily see a timeline where, okay, that's when the fingernail started messing up, and boom, he couldn't get anything going, and that's why they want to put him on the deal. And he's like, no, I could work through it. It's like, we saw you work through it. Mm -hmm. We saw you work through it for seven earned, bro. Well, and that's like, that's the thing too, like, you know, don't get me wrong. I love numbers. I love the statistics of, uh, of fantasy and, and baseball in general. But this is why it's important to like watch the games. Yes, because like people were like, "Oh, look, Otani sucks now. He finally oh pays a good uh, plays a good team, and, so and he dumb. and he sucks." And it's like if you like if you watched that start, you saw him like blowing on his hand. Like virtually from the jump, yeah. From like as soon as like that home run, that Mookie home run went out in the first inning, yeah. He like was he was blowing on his hand. He was wiping it. He was licking it. He was like uh like he was obviously bothered by a you know something. And we, you know we come to find out it's a blister. Um, but you know it, it, of course people go and look at the numbers and they're just like oh he just sucked like oh he was he was destroyed and it's mm-hmm. like no he wasn't and and. This is not like an anti-Boston thing, but it didn't really have anything to do with him. There was no team that was going to be flailing at those pitches. They they were, you know, Tim Anderson wouldn't mm-hmm. swing at those pitches, and he I know get, he he couldn't get the splitter over the plate at all. Like it, no, it wasn't like close. Splitter was everywhere. Fastball command was in and out, pitch to pitch. Some of them were great, you know, painted a hundred on the corner, but then they're not calling it because he hasn't thrown any any strikes in the previous two batters. Uh, and then and then there would be a wild one. And then the backup the, – the slider I've noticed has really been in and out, mostly out throughout his entire start this year for, for Otani. The slider, a lot of backup sliders not quite getting on top of those. It really has been fastball slider that drove him. And once I saw that the splitter wasn't working, I knew something was up. There was like this big blister on like his hand that looks to be from hitting – and that's what I thought it was, but no, there one actually developed on the uh, on the finger, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, a, pr- a proper pitching uh, blister, so to speak. So, yeah, that sucks. But he's scheduled to make his next start. No big deal. And again, if you didn't watch it and you think he got crushed, I encourage you to watch it. He did not get crushed. Like they they took advantage and and ran up some runs on him, but. You know, it, it, again, it's not it's not to take away anything from Boston. They they were fine, and then they did unload on Luke Bard. They um, 
they obliterated been unloading on everybody. Head. That yeah. offense has just been, and like, you know what I mean, and, and they've got and, power now. And too. it hasn't like even been JD Martinez. <laughs> like that's nope. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, everyone's hitting for power. And obviously, Bogarts has been out. So that JD is not even being like full on. Well, actually, he has been now the last few days. He's, his numbers are actually up now, nine twenty one OPS in four homers. But um, you know, Bogarts has been out. And yet, everyone's contributing. Even JBJ out in LA has been pretty decent, trying to get his numbers back up. But uh, yeah, that that team is not to be trifled with at all. In that game, by the way, David Price looked uh, looked pretty sharp. He's been pretty good. So yeah, you got you, obviously people can't watch every game. Yeah, for but, sure. But like, I mean, like the people who just sit there and box score scout like you're you're missing something you gotta yes you know i mean it just it's ridiculous to me that you know if people will well the numbers say this like well when was last time you watched them and it's you know confirmation bias too if they were against otani and and not looking for him to be any good then you see oh we faced boston and he got he got murdered no and they took him out after two because they realized that we're not with this blister situation, it's not going to get any better right now, and and just cut cut our losses and and be done with it. Come back in in six days, so we'll see what happens when he gets back. But uh, yeah, that's that's Rich Hill and then a Shohei Otani tangent. Uh, Tyler O'Neill has been promoted by St. Louis. Where the hell is he going to play? Uh, well, isn't Tommy Pham dealing with some sort of groin issue? I think that's the only reason he's up. So okay, um, well, I guess because I. Love Tommy Pham and always take him at his word, which he always should, right? Always take the player at their word. They For never, sure. they never lie. They, they, they never lie. lie. Not, not even lie, really. It's just yeah. like they, they never over beat the timetable. Yeah, know, yeah. I mean. Um. So yeah, he he does have discomfort. He of course, Tommy Pham says it's not an issue, but okay, that makes sense. I I had been reading that, but Harrison Bader's up too, so I guess I was still surprised that Tyler O'Neill was called up. But he is a prospect of of no crushing it. Crushing Top it, hundred guy, uh, last two years, six homers already at Memphis. To your point, he has the old, the classic uh, higher batting average than OBP. You gotta love that with That's two sacrifice Yeah, so he's uh, three eighty eight, three eighty five, eight thirty seven. Love it. But uh, that's great. I mean, he's obviously raking again. He is a legit prospect. But with the you know kind of uncertainty of potential playing time, is this an up and down? Is this, a, is this a thing where he gets sent right down and maybe doesn't even play? I know I love watching fantasy players get triggered by that when a prospect gets called up. It's and so frustrating. It, it really is, but it's so funny to watch people get so mad. Like, why is he, why is he up? And, like, I get it. I, I'm part of it. I'm not I'm not poking fun at uh, from afar. I'm, I'm in it. And I also am like, why is he up? But uh, will, will O'Neal be up for any sizable amount of time, or do you think this is, like, a quick one? I think it all depends on on Fam. You know, if Fam hits the DL, then maybe he could be up for a little while. If this turns into uh, something that is, you know, a bigger issue than they're making it out to be. Uh, if not, I think he probably heads back down. Um, uh, you know, I just there's there's no room for him to actually get playing time, and why uh, why keep a guy like this on your roster if? Uh, yeah, he needs to get playing time. Uh, yeah, I mean, he should be. I mean, he's crushing the ball right now, and he, he you know, he was a part of that Marco Gonzalez trade from from the Mariners. Uh, mm-hmm. That's worked out 
poorly. <laughs> for, for, for... Marco Gonzalez is so awesome, though. <laughs> You're so uh... good. <laughs> Remember when everybody was all like, "Oh, Marco Gonzalez is the next big thing." I I thought him. he was going to be good. I always thought uh, I thought he was going to be one of those guys who got to the majors quickly and was just like really solid. Almost like a left-handed Mike Leak type. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, I think a lot of us, and I, I was, you know, I was thinking, oh man, he could be good, but you know, there's no such thing as pitching prospect for a reason, like you know, correct. Uh, so, but and everything, it, it, his his career had been derailed by injuries. Mm-hmm. Now he's up. He's been demolished this year. So yeah, that that O'Neill deal uh, or that deal can work well. O'Neill's up. Are you scooping him anywhere right now? Because obviously, it, it, you can't really wait and see. On the on the health of fam, you got to kind of make moves. Are, are there mixed leagues where you would actually go ahead and, and scoop O'Neill? And if so, what kind of depth? Mm, I don't think in mixed leagues. No. I. What about if you had fam? Would you ever do it as as like his insurance in say fifteen team or? I don't think so. Because I, mean, I mean, even like so, fam's not playing today. Obviously, and yeah. the lineups just released. Baders in center. Uh, so they're not even playing O'Neill today. So See, like, what makes you? That's the thing. What makes me think he's nothing more than a fourth outfielder while Fam's out? I would get Bader first, who I do really like. By the way, I, th- I, th- I think he's a solid hitter, um, and he's and you know even if Fam comes back pretty quickly, Bader's the one that's still up. So if I was getting insurance on uh, on Fam in a mixed league, and it, you know insurance of my own. Uh, of the backup of my own player, then I think Bader would be the play more so than O'Neill. I think O'Neill could be uh, a five-day up sort of deal, get like six plate appearances, and that's it. So, all right, let's talk about some performances, and let's start with the hitting side. We got a handful of hitters, and then some some wobbly closers. DJ Lemayhew gonna win a home run title this year, or uh, or break Barry Bonds' record? What do you think? Oh, I mean. It- you got to think he is a potential guy to win the triple crown in the National League, right? I mean, yeah, he has to be the front runner, right? Well, I mean, I guess he does not get enough RBI. See, that's why we got to change with the with the triple we crown. We got to change because, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know. batting average, homers, and height—that's what it has to be. <laughs> so DJ can win it. He's six five. Uh, you know, it's funny because he is, you know, a a, a bigger guy, uh, not like super yoked or whatever, but definitely. Well put together, six five, six four, uh, two twenty or whatever, and you you would expect a measure of pop, and that's never really been part of his game. I think by design, though, that's why mm-hmm. the batting average is so high. So it's not like I don't think he could sacrifice some of that batting average for punch. Well, this year we're getting the mix. Like we still got a three hundred eight average, but already five homers all on the road. Justin, oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, so you know. We are seeing a lot more fly balls, up uh, nine percentage points from 20 to 29. He is smacking the ball up to 35 percent, which is where it was in 16 when he when he had that big uh, big batting average, and he's pulling a hell of a lot more um, than we've ever seen. In fact, it's been a steady 21, 22 percent the last three years in a really tight band between 21.2 and 21.8, which rounds up to 22. Uh, and then this year, 32 percent. So still not like a major pull guy, but um, really focused on pull center. His oppo percentage is actually down even more from 38 to 26. So we are seeing tangible changes here with DJ LeMayhew. 
and the power boost is is you know ha- has accompanied it. He has a career high of eleven homers. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah, he does have all five on the road. Yep, four against lefties, which he always has dominated, and one against righties. Uh, but do you think DJ LeMahieu hits twenty homers? Career high of eleven. No, I think twenty is still pushing it. Well, I don't know. I mean, this is obviously it's hard because this is an approach change, but it's not one that we we've really seen from him before. So it's you know, I mean, he looks like a guy right now who could hit twenty home runs. Um, could steal a few at home too. You know, so nice having Coors. Maybe steal a few there. Yeah. You know, and I mean, the the Coors effect is obviously going to keep his batting average, you know, in, in a really nice, safe spot. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he could hit 20. I wouldn't want to bet on it because, I mean, right now everything's gravy. You, you've got DJ LeMayhew as a complementary piece to someone else more than likely. To a power guy. Yeah. To a power at batting average drain. You like got him to, was, you know, you took Joey Gallo. him with story a lot. Yeah, you know, that, they were that's going in the same great. spot. I love that. Um, and so, like, to get this power surge is really nice, you know. And I hate, I hate when people talk about this in 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 draft season. He's in a contract year. You almost wonder if he <laughs> went. I want to get paid and have, re- and like, I'm going to completely change my approach uh, to to get paid because he is. I mean, he's pulling the ball ten over ten percent more. Uh, he's just not looking to go opposite way anymore because pretty much everything he's taken from the pull side has been given up in, in the oppo direction. Uh, putting the ball in the air over 10% of the time. Uh, I mean, he's he's swinging for the fences and it's working. And so, like, why, you know, he's got a good eye. He's, uh, you know, got a, a pretty good approach. He's just trying to wait for the right pitch and, and, and yank it. And uh, I'm just wondering why this didn't come sooner. Because if he could do it, you should have been doing it the whole time. Even if it's just like, you know, twelve to fifteen homers a couple times. You but eleven's his could... career high. I'm I'm trying to see if like I see anything in his stat cast numbers that you know it's like did he change a launch angle or something? I just <laughs> I believe his launch angle is up. I have yeah, it is some notes because he's going to be in the. Uh, in the next spore report there. And but I haven't I hadn't checked his his stat cast notes. So are you seeing a, a launch angle uptick for DJ LeMayhew? I had it up a second ago and now I can't find it. But yeah, it looks like it was up. Um man, I just don't Yeah, I mean this is just a straight uh straight approach range. So like yeah, I think he could hit twenty. Like I think he could hit twenty. I think the average may come down a bit but like i mean this is still a guy who's hitting 290 to 300 if he hits 20 home runs at second base that's and i mean he and he's even walking more than he has in the past so i mean he's being really selective about what he swings at he's looking for that pitch that he can that he can kind of turn on and drive Um, here's one would you buy high yes yeah i would too because Because he's got a super high floor just protects it yep Coors protects it even if the power doesn't really hold you're still buying a big batting average asset in a great park who should score a boatload of runs so even if the power wanes a little bit I think I'm in okay let's talk actual players here 
Um, I don't know. This might not be buying high because of the way this guy's performing, but it's certainly buying high in terms of round separation. But what about Chris Archer? Yes, I, I would say I would I would do that deal. Do you think that can get done? Is that is that viable even with Archer struggling? You think somebody says, okay, I'm going to do a – that's a classic buy high sell – or um, buy low sell high, right? Yeah, I th- and I think it could get done. I, I got one for you. Okay. If you're freaking out on Buxton. Yeah. I think, I think I'd I would. do that. Like you're not- I think I would. Again, as long as I had some speed – Kind of covered elsewhere. If, if I put all my speed eggs in the in the mm-hmm. Buxton basket, that would change it um, a little bit. And and I don't even know that it'd be a full no. It just might be a little bit more of a d- different consideration. But uh, yeah, I think I would. I, I'm I'm kind of in on this. Like uh, as we're talking through it and the research I've done, um, Lemayu again made real changes here. He's always been a good hitter. I like when the guys who are you know perceived and and have certainly shown that they're really good hitters start to kind of untap that power and say hey. And like I said, first off, it's like why didn't you do this sooner? But okay, let's not be uh, let's not be picky about it. You're doing it now, and it's great. So I'm I'm pretty interested by like, this. For me, it's like it's it's not that he's like changing the approach you know, or the swing at a cost of something else. Like, that's why this is so impressive to me. That's the beauty. Yep. You know, he's he's actually swinging less outside the zone. I mean, he's just swinging less altogether. Um, but, I mean, swinging less outside the zone, his swing and strike rate is actually down. Um, he's making his, – his zone contact percentage is almost 99%. Oh, my God. Like, that is – it's video game stuff. And that's, that's what I'm saying. A guy – was that good of a hitter when you see you know, with with the contact and bat to ball ability when you see him untap some power that's exciting mm-hmm. it's almost like daniel murphy right because he was always a good bat to ball hitter you, you're always getting that kind of 280 solid you know it's not quite as it wasn't quite as high as what dj lemay does but that's also the coors influence maybe if daniel murphy was playing in coors he would have been a straight up uh lemay replica although he actually ran more I wish LeMahieu ran as much as a younger Daniel Murphy when he got 10, 23, and then 13 stolen bases in a three-year span. But yeah, bottom line is I am buying this. I would buy high. Uh, I'm open to going out and and you know paying uh, something in the first you know six rounds of cost because uh, you know that or or somebody who's now played himself into that kind of level. Here's one: Would you trade again? Needs meat. Your your pitching's really good, but you happen to spike Corbin. Would you do Corbin for Lemayhew? Probably no. Or I, I mean, I, I want Lemayhew. Yeah, I mean, oh, you want Lemayhew? Oh yeah. Okay, I was saying trade Corbin for Lemayhew, so you would. Oh do yeah, it. no, I would totally do that. Okay, okay. I still yeah. like. I mean, don't get me wrong. Corbin's look great. Um, uh, I still don't. I mean, I think there's obvious regression coming there, and I just think the floor is lower uh, with a guy like Corbin, obviously, than a guy like Lemayhew. So, yeah, that that be. You think a- you could get more than just like if you were trading? Boy, I think pitching's so hard that yeah, I think you might. I think you might be able to make that a two for two where you where you squeeze even a little bit more. Although Lemayhew's been so good, maybe that's just the perfect high for high. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I'm op- you know obviously I would start with that. Um, if I'm the, if I'm the guy with, 
Well, no, if I'm with, if I'm the guy with Corbin, I'd try with something a little bit higher than I would settle on that. And I'd be I'd be totally fine with that. I just think that starters a a, a big time starter is so valuable in the market right now. And obviously we know that Corbin's not going to stay at this level, but he's been so great that I think, you know, you're you're selling a guy who is really good who has some quality uh, seasons on his track record. So there's, I don't think there's any reason to believe that he's going to completely fall apart either. He did have a 403 ERA last year with a, with a really gaudy whip, but obviously he's keeping the ball um, you know, in check this year. Great strikeout rate, the, difficult to hit. You know, the humidor seems to be really helping him with his, uh, with, with, with his slider there, although I don't know how much of it's been at home. He's just been great everywhere Patrick Corbin has. So I feel like I can go out in the market and, and be pretty aggressive there. And I think I would try even a little bit higher than LeMahieu. So it would be LeMahieu. It'd be, like I said, a two for two where I'm trying to, you know, get, get another solid piece for my, uh, for my other guy there where, where I think Corbin's giving the, the bulk of my value. So if you were ranking the players in terms of the trade, I'd be trading one and four for two and three, right? You're trying to okay. do something like that. So, it, you know, and then if he's like, nah, you know, they don't, they don't want to do that. Then I would come back and say, well, what about just a straight up sell high for sell high? Yeah. And then I, and then I could, I could get behind it at that point. Yeah. I, I just, I, I want to see Corbin pitch against someone other than the giants. Best I mean, team for, in the league. For, what are you for, talking about? For multiple reasons. One, because I want to see him go up against tired of... better competition. And two, because, God, I'm tired of him smoking the Giants. <laughs> dominating them. Uh, all right, let's talk about Jed Lowry, another middle infielder that's having a, a great start here. Now, Jed Lowry's always been kind of a points league beast, or, or not always, because playing time's always an issue, but, but on a per-at-bat basis, because he's a doubles machine. Last year, he hit 14 homers, but had 49 doubles. So in Roto, you know, 14 homers, 69 ribbies, nice, 86 runs, uh, and a 277 average is whatever. You know, it's a solid middle in like a 15-team mix, but it's not like game-changing. But you you go to points league and you add 11% walk rates for 360 OBP um, and and the 49 doubles, and you really change the scope of of who he is. Well, uh, this year, I mean, six homers already. Triple slash, you know, uh, insane. 21 ribbies is the big thing. He's driving in everybody because that Oakland offense is actually scoring some runs. Jed Lowry at age 34. What Assess, where are you at on, on Jed Lowry right now? Uh, for a second, like, I was confused because, like, I, I pulled up Jed Lowry's page and I'm seeing, like, the, virtually the same numbers as DJ LeMahieu in terms of, like, hey, he's pulling the ball, <laughs> you know, 8% more than he was. Uh, the... the uh, the hard contact percentage is up. Mm-hmm. This is harder for me to want to buy in on, but it's so much cheaper that yes, like that's like you like you're not having to give up you know a top tier talent to go out and get Jed Lowry. I mean, he's probably still available in the majority of like twelve team leagues, I'd guess. In uh, a lot of them, for sure. Maybe that's been changing the last like few days or the last waiver period because he's been doing so well, but. Up until like this past weekend, Jed Lowry was super available. He's still pretty available, although it's up to seventy six percent at ESPN League, oh, so the, it, ha, it has now. dried up. It has dried, and and I think a uh, a five game hitting streak with multi hits in four of them, and then 
uh, a three hit game before that uh, the other Ofer four homers in that run just just an amazing 10 game run lately where he's got ribbies in just about every game and he's just beasting right now uh has changed that for Lowry but but previous to this weekend people were picking him up for sure in in many formats but now that he's finally kind of settled onto a bunch of rosters you would have to probably go out and uh trade for Jed Lowry yeah i don't know that i would i mean i you know, I like I like everything that he's doing. Like, don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. Like, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with what he's doing. I mean, obviously, some of it is BABIP inflated, uh, but you know, part of that is probably due to the fact that he is hitting the ball harder. He's you know making better contact in the zone. Um, at the same time, like he's got a three seventy three BABIP. That's that's not staying up there. No, uh, I just for me, it's health. Like, dude's thirty four years old. Um, he, you know, last year was the first year in like three seasons that he was actually able to play, you know, a hundred games. He only has four such seasons of over over ninety seven games in his career. Jed Lowry, major health risk. That's, but that is built into the price because you mentioned he'd be a lot cheaper. So that that part's kind of already there. Um, so maybe but, in like a twelve team or a ten team league, I'm down to take the gamble because there's going to be. You know, replacements. Your Addison Russells or, you know, yeah. random dudes uh, on the waiver wire in, in a deeper format. Not a guy I want to invest, you know, go out and trade for. Uh, but, I mean, if you got him, like, I, I'm not, you know, this is the Chris Stratton argument all over again. Like, who is buying Jed Lowry? Like, you're not going to, like, sell high on him. year old Yeah, like, people are buying DJ LeMahieu because he's in Colorado, and if they need the batting average, like, they're paying for that. Even if they're not paying for the power, nobody's really paying for Jed Lowry. But I think that that's all the reason to maybe investigate trading for him is because you won't have to, you know, the expectations will be low in terms of a return. So you're not going to have to give some, some stud. Let's, uh, let's, let's, let's give some names here. What about, um, do we think, uh, Reynaldo Lopez? Oh, I'd love to get, I mean, I love Reynaldo. I mean, I hated I, I Ronaldo Lopez. Lopez. <laughs> like no, I, I hated Lopez coming into the season, and there's still like a lot of red flags, uh, or not a lot, but there's still some major red flags and the, the same concerns I had coming into the season. But I've been super impressed by him. I think though, if I have Lopez and I'm open to trading him, that means my pitching has, has been pretty yeah, good, and he's been kind of found I money. Think that's so fair, like I don't think yeah. that's, um, you know, as long as it's not like a dynasty or creeper format where you know I might be able to keep Lopez, uh, but. Yeah, I think I I could go. I think that's fair. So I could go either way. If I'm trying to stock up on, you know, or if I need if I need some hitting because I, I lost, uh, you know, Rugnet Odor and you know Elvis Andrews. Elvis Andrews. You know, yeah. And I'm dying just like the uh, uh, the Rangers are in the middle, <laughs> like that. Like I wouldn't mind doing that at all. You know, if I need pitching, um, you know, I don't mind giving up uh, Lowry for a guy like for Lopez. So yep. I think. It's very I think way. something like that. Something like that. Uh, all right, let's stick with his teammate Matt Chapman, who's been beasting and you know getting a lot of buzz because he's an all-around player too. That's kind of the beauty of Matt Chapman. And obviously, the defense uh, is not a fantasy you know category or anything like that, but it definitely keeps him in the lineup. Um, and that was what drew me to Matt Chapman th- going into the year was that hey, that playing time is on lock. He plays Gold Glove third base defense. But now we're seeing. 
uh, approach change and just really strong work out of Matt Chapman. He had some good pop last year. He was overshadowed by um, what's his name uh, by by Matt, Matt Olson. Olson. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah, and now you know he, he's he's showing off early on. Hey, look what I've got! Striking out a lot less, walking a bit more, and the power has unloaded. Is the, are you buying into this? fast start for Matt Chapman as somebody who can be you know like a like a one of the top six or seven third basemen I I am actually um and I mean we we you know we talked him up quite a bit during the third base pod Mm -hmm. uh he is on a number of my teams and so like there may be some uh, <laughs> uh, homerism, you know, fantasy sure. homerism, uh, because I was so high on him coming into the season. Uh, but it's pretty amazing what he's doing in terms of uh, dropping his uh, O-swing percentage uh, under 20%, 17.8% right now, uh, making more contact, uh, you know, swing and strike rate going down, Um I you know I think one I think pitchers are afraid of him too a little bit now because pitchers aren't even throwing him first pitch strikes because he'll, he'll just cream it uh, hits the ball super hard he's got a forty eight point two percent hard hit percentage right now um, it's you know and it's not like he's like he's not doing what like Lemayhew is doing or Dead Larry's doing where he's pulling everything like he's got straight splits you know pull center oppo like thirty five thirty three thirty wow. Like he's hitting to all fields. He's saying, like, listen, you can you can throw the ball wherever you want, and I'm still gonna just you know take advantage of it. Um, and he's got massive power. Uh, I thought like the the big issue with Chapman coming in the year was, well, you may get a 240 average. Sure, and that was definitely a concern. But and I don't uh, think go you're going and... to get a 296. But like I think a 270 is now in play with like 30 to 35 home runs. Yep. Yep, and you know the the projections haven't uh, caught up on that with the strikeout drop, and and they still all have like two thirty three for the remaining batting average. I, I just I don't see that at all. I think I think at worst you're getting like a two fifty and twenty five more homers. On the high end, you're getting like a two seventy the rest of the way with thirty more homers. So that you'd hit thirty five with like a two eight that that'd be like a thirty five two eighty sort of season, which would be amazing. So I really like Matt Chapman. Um, you know, again, gold glove defense, that that certainly helps too. I think we're seeing a, a breakout here. As far as third basemen go, um, who do we like better? Do we do we like uh Raphael Devers or Matt Chapman? Endeavors, from what I recall, he's off to a, what a, you know, he's nothing bad, right? I don't think he's having a. I don't know. He's actually been good. Okay. Yeah, he just uh, hit a I, home I run last night, I believe. Yeah, his third of the year. He's got a 122 WRC plus. So he's off to a fine start. This is not like a, a, a negative on him. It's just, who do you want the rest of the year? I think I'm going to go Chapman, and that's saying a lot because Devers you love is. Devers. I love Devers, and he's hitting in the middle of that lineup. I just think Chapman is – well, he's not hitting the middle, but he's hitting in that Red Sox lineup. I think Chapman is uh, more ready, at least his power is. Yep. I think the power for Devers will develop over time um, and that at some point we're looking at a guy who's going to be hitting 30, 35 home runs. But I think Chapman can do that this year. Yeah, and I I was actually saying – 
you know, if Devers is going to, for me, I think he's going to be one of those guys that's going to have like a really solid season that fantasy is not going to go crazy for. But then when you consider that it's a 21 year old going like 270, 25, like that's really, really good. That's really good for a 21-year-old. That's really good for a 25-year-old. But but for a 21-year-old in his first full season, that would be excellent, even if it was like 21 homers and a 266 average. Like It wouldn't be a giant Devers breakout that, that you kind of paid for, but you pay for it hoping that the low end is kind of 260, 2022. 20, and uh, so, yeah, I, I like Devers, but I would take Chapman as well. And from like a dynasty or keeper's perspective – I, you know, people are going to call me crazy on this one. I kind of like Chapman more long term. I don't think that's out of bounds because I, I Devers really is going to have to move to first at some point. He's done a great job this year, um, you know, so far in you know being passable at third. But long term, that body's going to grow, and he's going to end up at first base, which is going to lose him some value. And Chapman, like you said, is like he's got elite defensive abilities at so third good. base. Uh, and so, like, he's not being pushed off the position, uh, you know, because he's bad or because someone else is coming up, whereas Devers going to move across the diamond. Like, if I'm in a dynasty league, you can still get a mint for Devers. You could probably get Matt oh. Chapman plus, plus, like, a top 50 pitcher or top 40 pitcher. Um, and I, w- I would totally go do that. Matt Chapman or um, Mickey Trout? Tro- Trowout, who that Trowout dude is just so bad. <laughs> I just I don't know why he's still in the league. And who goes by Mickey? What a dumb. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I hear like yeah. I hear he likes the snow. <laughs> Obviously, I'm going Chapman over Nolan Arenado, but uh, that's as high as I can go. That's as high. That's it. No, we love Matt Chapman. It's great. It's early. Obviously, we're kind of on on the high of of Matt Chapman. He'll have a low. Uh, don't be deterred. Um, I, I I wouldn't. I, I I'm riding this out here this year. I think that uh, this guy's a really just a really good ball player. And you watch some Oakland games. And I'm a psycho, so I've watched a lot of Oakland games this year. Uh, because they're the you know a late game. I watched the Tigers early, which is also psychotic, by the way, um, and then start bouncing around on late games. And I found myself on Oakland a lot. They've also faced a lot of guys I want to watch. You know, they faced Otani a couple times that who, and who hit the big three run homer, Matt Chapman. Um, they faced the aforementioned Reynaldo Lopez. So while I do like Oakland in general, pick them as a as a wild card team. I've also been watching them for the opponents that they've been facing. So I've seen a lot of Matt Chapman this year. Is the mm-hmm. point I'm trying to make, and I love him. And so like I'm, I mean, that's the thing. Like to me, like there's no like he he's a young guy, and I mean he's not like 21 years old young, but I mean he's 24 still. Uh, like there's no split difference. Like he's like hitting hitting he's hitting. 353 against lefties. Um but then he's hitting 278 against righties. Like like there's no there's no split difference uh which to me is is really nice. And like he's actually hitting better at home in that awful park in Oakland. You know, he's got a 317 average at home. Like this is I I think this is a guy that is is just you know, taking the next step right in front of our eyes and, and we're I agree. talking like and uh, and I hope I don't have to eat my words later, but uh, I, I would I would definitely overpay to go get a Matt Chapman. Well, and Olsen got the hype, mm-hmm. and and it's not that Olsen didn't deserve hype. It's that Chapman caught short shrift on that, and I was surprised by how 
far apart they were, um, over a hundred, uh, over 140 picks apart on average draft position with Olsen up at 122 and Chapman down at 263 and the weed whacker coming over here to say what's up. Cause he's a big Matt Chapman fan. I, I was talking to him the well, other day. Like, and he's like, like the thing in fantasy we always hear is like, Oh, uh, you need, you need to, you know, sell high and, and buy low. Um, but like, I think people like don't realize like that is so much harder to do than it was maybe 10 years ago. Of course. Cause no one's falling uh, for bullshit and like just overpaying for some guy that they don't really trust. But one of the things you can go and do is buy high or sell low. Mm-hmm. If you think that the perceived value is actually greater than, uh, or it, or it is actually less than the, the value is going to be like, so like you, you bought Matt Chapman at around pick 300. If I can go right now to somebody and give him, hey, listen, I got this guy at pick 200. Like, I'm doing that because I think Matt Chapman is turning into a top 120, 130 player right now. Oh, I, I and if, completely And maybe even agree. higher than that. I think, you know, I, I don't think the 290 average is going to stick around. But, I mean, I mean, how much different is this guy than Miguel Sano at this point? Except for he stays healthy. And he's good at defense. Yeah. So. so a lot of differences there. Okay. Well, that's Matt Chapman. Let's talk Teoscar Hernandez, who's up and playing and hitting, and it makes me happy. Uh, I did not get the, the, the amount of shares. I definitely did. I did something that I, I didn't want to do, and I said I wouldn't do based on – and this obviously was the high-end case of it uh, last year with – what's his head? Uh, Cody Bellinger. And I'm not saying Teoscar Hernandez is Cody Bellinger, but that whole of like, there's no role, so I'm not going to go crazy because they have all these outfielders when they brought in Gritchuk and Granderson. So I, I ended up with a couple shares of, of Teoscar when he would have been my late round pick all over the place. And I don't know why, like, and, and it's not just because he's off to a fast start, like that's great or whatever. But I did, you know, I was I was jocking Tasker in November, saying, "Oh, you know, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great." Then they sign all these guys, and I'm like, "Well, why do they do that? <laughs> that's really annoying." I I, I want to uh, I want to see Tasker get a get a full time role. Well, he's already got playing time. He's already up. And so, what do we got here with Tasker? Is this something that could last a while, or is it just going to be short end of the platoon as a righty? You know, pairing with uh, with Granderson. Or can he push Randall Gritchuk out, who I know this is weird, so sit down for this one, is having a, a terrible stretch. Because Randall Gritchuk is super consistent and never goes into god-awful lulls where you wonder how he even became a professional baseball player. That never happens, except every single year. And so he's in one right now. He's 26. He's out of options. Uh, he needs to turn around. So can Teoscar take Randall Gritchuk's job? I think he should take Randall Gritchuk's job. And I... I don't understand why at this point, now, now that they've brought up Teoscar Hernandez, why not just play him every day and, and leave uh, uh, Grichik on the bench? I mean, Grichik is batting a, a sweet, uh, oh God, 094. Is that good? That, that's good, right? 197 on base percentage. I mean, I'll give him some. I'll give him some love and say it's a point zero ninety one Babbitt. Well, you know, we'll give him some cover on that. But even that. You know, when you get down to point zero ninety one, 
you can't just call luck on your Babbitt at that point, right? Can't you? No, because you only have five. Like hit, you only have like five hits. <laughs> yeah, like you're 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 influencing that too, Randall. And it's probably your sixty three percent fly ball rate, and God knows how many infield fly balls to go with it. Oh my God, because, he's got eighteen percent infield fly ball percentage, bro. bro. Like those are strikeouts. He's I mean, got those, he's those got almost easy, as many infield fly balls as he does hits. It's pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. So like, uh, right now, I mean, Hernandez is stuck. You know, going to be stuck in a little bit of a platoon, but I don't. I doubt that lasts very long. Not with the way he's hitting. He's hitting the ball super hard right now. Uh, he's got power and speed. Uh, he is like the kind of uh, hitter the the Jays need in this lineup if they have any chance or want any chance of competing long term in this division. They've got a decent rotation. Uh, oh, they do. They really do. They even have a good bullpen with Roberto Osuna. Uh, you know, and, and they're not super tied to Grichuk. It's not like they spent much on him. They gave up Dominic Leone, who turned out to be. To be way way worse than we thought he was going to be. Remember when we thought that was a steal of a trade for the Cardinals? Oh, they know. got their closer, dude. Mm-hmm. Come on, they they scooped their closer for Randall Grichuk. Oh this wait, this is why spring training stats. But anyways, uh, so why why does it matter? Like if if Grichuk hits the bench or even is DFA'd at this point? I mean, I mean they, they, this is a team that wants to win, right? Yeah, and they've already banked eleven wins. You know, they're eleven and five. They're out. They're out doing well. Like. To get on a fast start helps a team like this that needs, you know, they're they're, they're solid. Like I, I don't think they're an awful team, but I certain I didn't have them uh, getting a wild card spot or anything like that. But you look at the rotation, and you know, obviously they need health, but uh, it's a really steady one through five. When when Jaime Garcia, just a quality, you know, perfectly solid major league pitcher is your number five, that's pretty good to go with um, Sanchez, Stroman, Hap. And Marco Estrada. Um, well, and this is a them. this is a team too that like this is it for Josh Donaldson in terms of you know being a, you mm-hmm. know he's going to be a free agent at the end of this year. The Jay Happ's also a free agent. Smokes thirty one. Uh, yeah, I mean you know, this it's is not a young team. If they're going to go for it, this is the year to do it. Um, so, so when do you, when do you bring up the the gun? You know, like, do you consider Vlad and and Bichette anytime soon? Like, let's say. I want to say they're say, both. Like I know Bichette is absolutely murdering the ball right now um, in uh, in Double A. Uh, I think I think they're both they're both smoking it. Three hundred six, okay. three eighty two, three eighty eight, five stolen bases. That's Bichette. Mm-hmm. Jeez, I didn't know he ran. That's nice. He, um, I think yeah, yeah, I think he's gonna be like a a five tool kind of guy, um, and then. Uh, uh, Oh, I just brought up Vlad Guerrero's uh, <laughs> the seniors number. Always fun to work to look at his numbers. Though I was like, in, wow, in I was like he is uh, he is really really good, and he's been in the minor <laughs> leagues a lot longer. Been in minor than leagues I th- for like twenty years. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't think. Oh wait, uh, <laughs> uh, let's see, Vlad Guerrero. I don't I don't know why it's not. Uh, pulling it up. It doesn't, for want you. To, it doesn't want to show you. It's like, nah, you can't. You can't see his numbers. Hang on, I'll see if I can see if two two. How many fantasy podcasters does it take to find Vlad Guerrero's numbers? Two. Oh, found him. Uh, oh, three forty nine. Vladimir. That's one. Three forty nine. Four oh four. Six oh five. 
Is is that good? Is that good? I don't know. And that's in double A, by the way. Okay, so let's say they're like seventeen and eight through their first twenty five. They're eleven and five right now, so that'd be um, you know continuing to play well. That's a that's a great twenty five game start for for that team, especially because they weren't you know they didn't really have giant expectation. They're not going to keep a six eighty winning percentage the whole season, but like. You get off to that kind of start. When do you consider bringing one or both of these guys up? I think you wait till after the estimated Super 2. So we're looking like okay. maybe mid to late June. You see where you are then. I mean, Vlad is Vlad's 19. So 19. Like, but if he's generational, and he, he appears to be came up like... Then. Um, I, you know, and like you're a team that needs that spark, like... I could see it like if I'm in a, a league where I've got either NA slots uh, or I have like a deep bench. Like I took Vlad in, I think both my NFBC leagues in my in, 50, in 50, 50 round draft and holds. Yeah. Oh, I love it in that. Right. Just take your shot. You know, take your shot because um, there's be so many dead players on those t- on those teams anyway. But even um, yeah, I think in even in redrafts right now, like um, I'd still probably stash. Kyle Tucker over them, and obviously Acuna over them, but Senzel. Um, in Senzel. But I think we're looking at like you know probably one of the top five to ten stashes in redraft leagues. Um, Here's the problem, though. What or not problem, but the, the 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 fun part of it, I guess. Which one are you are you sticking with? Because like they're pretty similar in terms of you know age and and hitting awesomeness I, I think vlad is is out in front in terms of overall potential but they're they're both like really good and both their spots are kind of opening up vlad obviously it's opened up right now at third base but donaldson will come back meanwhile bichette plays short right yeah and that that's like that that's wide open i lean that way because bichette could play short or second the too low i i don't think he is done for the year but he might as well be um uh, and I mean, uh, well, Diaz has been interesting. Yeah, but Devin Travis has a six OPS plus. So how are you getting that out of the lineup? Ooh, that's that's the six dog. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like if it's a five, then you bench him. But it's mm-hmm. it, or 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 you can platoon him. But it's a six. Like you have to have that in. <laughs> Fuck, do you have a six dog? <laughs> <laughs> when your hit total matches your OPS plus six. I I swear the 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 small single digit numbers to me are funnier than a minus. Like even you know because you could be like super bad in your twenty plate appearances and get like a minus thirty or some crap. And Gift and Gape and Gope uh, has a minus fifty four, which is pretty funny too, by the way. But for me, a a single digit small number is really funny. Six. I gotta bring this up actually. Sweet. Uh-huh. Six, dude. <laughs> I love it. I, I, De- Devin Travis, man, when the Tigers traded him and he got off to that that fast start with them, wow. I was lamenting it so much. You know, I psyched myself into Anthony Ghost because I'm I'm an idiot, uh, and I was like, oh my god, they just got torched on this deal. What what a clown deal! And it has been straight downhill since, mostly with the health. I do think of Devin Travis. Uh, you know, if he could turn off injuries, IRL, like he is he, he would hurt be hurt right now. I mean, 
I mean, he's he's just sucking alive, right now, right? So yes, well, he, he's alive, so he's hurt. Okay, so it has to be. Actually, I don't know if he's dealing with anything, and I am obviously poking fun, but uh, injuries have bitten him for sure. Um, I don't know if he if he's currently nursing anything. I don't see him on the injury report right now. I don't know if he's had anything at any point during the season. Someone will tweet us if 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 we're wrong on that uh, with Devin Travis. But uh, oh yeah, he did have a hand situation. Something happened with a hand recently, but that uh, like his hands are just awful. Yes, he's not good at swinging a bat. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> no, he got hit by a pitch uh, during uh, Friday last Friday's game, but that doesn't account for the six because you you accumulated most of those numbers before. So the point is, is that there, his, his ISO is point oh two three. That's pretty good, right? <laughs> My ISO is higher, <laughs> like six, dude. Oh, here's a good one on because uh, by the way, WRC plus and OPS plus aren't perfect. You know, perfect yeah, one. No, is, is our uh, WRC plus is eight. I love it. Hunter Pence's is two. <laughs> he's he's the only qualified hitter with a single digit, uh, and there's two minuses. I don't think you would ever guess them, but let's waste some time and do that. There's two everyday players with minuses. One, uh, and they're both on new teams this year. One is a young buck uh, outfielder in the NL East. Young Buck outfielder in the NL East. Who's new to the NL East. He was traded there. Oh, Brinson? Hey, that's well done. I don't think I would have gotten it with that right off the top. And then the other is a new guy, but he's an established veteran who uh, had a big season last year. Um, and he's he's been brutal with his new team in the AL Central as a first baseman. Which Duda? gives... I no. guess there's. I guess there would have been three options. Oh, Logan Morrison. That's easy. There you go. Yeah, because not him. He's I, I not a first you, baseman though. He, he's a DH. Right? DH. You're right. Right. You're right. But plays qualifies first base. Yeah, I knew someone because right. someone was asking me the other day, like, "Hey, what's going on with Logan Morrison?" And I was like, "Oh, not. I really got to dig into this. This is this is really sad. pumpkined back in Logan. Honestly, though, um, he might be a decent buy low. I'm not gonna lie. And y'all know I don't like Logan Morrison, but. I, you won't have to I mean, pay this, very much. He'll be on the waiver wire. He will be free. He should be free. And if you're trying to trade for him, you would tell that person, here is Devin Travis and his six opiate. No. Um, yeah, that's been brutal. But anyway, Tasker Hernandez and the two young bucks in Toronto, uh, Dante, or excuse me, Bo Bichette and Vlad Guerrero Jr., all three should be on your roster of, of varying league types. I do have a hard time being definitive on which prospect he should go for. I think Vlad obviously is the better overall prospect. I think it's Bichette. I think he plays I, the position that is most needed. You're um, older. Yeah. I though I do think both these guys up probably or, or come up together. Like I think the Jays will just that could be amazing for them. I think that when the Jays do it, I think they're just going to bring up everybody they can. Um, like that would be. Huge, but I mean, Bichette has the you know Bichette is the older player. Uh, I believe more seasons in the in the minors, uh, so a little bit more. Uh, I could be wrong about that, actually. Uh, a little bit more seasoning, and that, and yeah, I'm not saying more. it. You know, it, 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 we're just trying to find the the small things that could influence a, a, a call up sooner. It's not that I think that being 20 over 19 is makes him so much more seasoned or anything. I'm just trying to look for the things that they might look at and say, okay, well, 
he does have a little bit more tenure or whatever. And again, not a great reason to, but we're trying to get in the heads of teams calling guys up. Their birthdays are like less than two weeks apart. That's jeez. Their future is looking good based solely on those two, and Mm -hmm. because it can set up so much. And uh, so yeah, the Jays are interesting. Eleven and five. Keep an eye on them. We'll yeah, talk no. More I about mean, if, if, if even in redrafts, I'm, I mean, obviously in keeper and dynasty leagues, these guys are long gone, uh, and impossible to get. Too, yeah, I'm yeah, sure. and you're you're not going to get them. So, but in in redrafts, if you can, if if you're in a league with a deep enough bench that you can stash How a many? guy like this. How many? Seven. Yeah. Okay. I think and that's then the all number. formats. Like a a ten teamer with seven, would you stash? one or does it have to be 12 plus as long as you've got enough dl spots and you're not getting crushed yeah i think i think i'd do it in a 10 teamer because and especially in a 10 teamer you're looking for upside right you're looking for the upside yes, play you're trying to spike stars and not especially like Eddie's. if vlad comes up like there's no reason to think he's not going to translate right away like i mean obviously guys can struggle mike mike trout struggled in his first call up but like he, he both these guys are, are really mature hitters um, but Vlad especially, I think, could translate really, really easily and really quickly. Agreed. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I would, you know, I, I'm not stashing both of them unless I've got a super, super deep no, bench. No, 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 no. That's like, too hard. You know, if someone's already grabbed Kyle Tucker, someone's already grabbed Senzel, I think I'm grabbing Bichette and then I'm grabbing Vlad. Yep. Yep. I, I think so too. All right, let's talk some struggling closers. Uh, it is that time of the year where. Things are vol- – well, it's any time of the year, really. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it has started in earnest this year. At the very top, Kenley Jansen does not look like himself. And, you know, the, the velocity is down two miles per hour. Uh, he's walking guys. I don't think he walked the first guy, uh, his first batter last year for, I don't know, like two months or something crazy like that. It was a long time. Or, or he had like a long time where he only had one. It was some obscene stat. No, I'm, I'm finding it right now. He didn't walk his first guy until June 25th. <laughs> That's insane. And already this year, he's toting a 10% walk rate. He's only walked three guys, so it doesn't take much, obviously, uh, with the small samples. But the point is is that his command and control are both off. He's giving up a lot of hits. Uh, he's giving up a few homers already. It just all looks bad right now with Kenley Jansen. How are you reacting to this? Obviously, his leash is super long, so I'm not even worried about him losing the job. But he has, you know, he has two saves, and obviously he's hurting you with his ratios. I'm sure the answer is just stick it out. So I'm focused more on on what you think of Kenley himself and and when he's if and when he's going to come out of this as opposed to what you do fantasy wise because I think the answer fantasy wise is pretty much blanket sit tight you can't really do anything do you disagree with that I don't think you can do anything unless someone's willing to give you like 90 cents on the dollar yeah so if someone's coming in and they're they know they're buying low so they're taking like a, a little discount but they're not trying to smoke you then maybe but I think that's going to be rare. People are going to be trying to get in and get that super discount so they can say they bought Kenley on the cheap. So for the most part, I think you just got to hold. But then let's talk about the performance here and what we th- when we think it can actually change and get better. Whew, I There's got to be something physically wrong with him. I mean, you would think, right? Like this is, this is beyond just a, a like, hiccup. It's so weird to me. A team like the Dodgers – who take advantage of the DL rules to 
help profit or benefit their team all the time are just letting him go back out there when the the velocity is down, the control is not the same. I mean, I went back and watched uh, his last save opportunities out of blue, and like he's not hitting his spots, um, nope. and he is leaving things up. I mean, it's like this is not, you know, the movement isn't the same. Like this is not him. Like this is not the same guy we saw last year and have seen for the last few years. So there's, you know, one of two answers to that. Either the mechanics are off, and I think they are, um, or and or he's hurt. And, like, so, like, why not, even if, even if he's not hurt, even if there's nothing physically wrong with him, which I have a hard time believing, why not just feign an injury? Say, hey, listen, we're going to we're gonna put you on the DL. Yeah, you know, and yeah, I mean, discomfort, uh, you know, tightness you know back tightness or whatever like i have discomfort with his numbers yeah i mean like they make me uncomfortable let him go down and work on things um and you know see if you can figure this out because uh he right now he's just straight garbage yeah kenley jansen and that's crazy to say because we you know one of the most uh steady guys out there just reliable bank it in you know every season that he does it we get closer to saying like is he is he the next kenley is he as good as kenley or excuse me uh, as mariano and you know he 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 has that same thing of just a cutter and it's even faster and and perhaps better and then boom age 30 it's it's looking terrible right off the top now this could end up being like remember back in april when we worried about kenley and he gets back on track Mm -hmm. but i i feel like that rest could be the thing that spurs it again even if he's not like super hurt just to kind of step away from it at this point but they you know i'm going to trust that they know better because of the way they the fact that he's not on the dl maybe they see something that that they're working on already then that's that's what i'm I'm trusting them because of the way they generally run the team especially with the dl moves that i'm thinking maybe they've seen something that says he can work through this it'll it'll get figured out and the only way to really get it figured out is to is to pitch through it as opposed to sitting down but But i understand i don't get like why not let i mean he's not like a starter where like he can do side work and stuff like that yeah he's a reliever like they need him available on any given night i guess again you know with the added breaks and stuff or the added extra days off maybe they're doing stuff then but i mean this is a team that you know is playing just under 500 ball right now You've got Arizona who's playing really well, Colorado who's, you know, play, you know, who just, you know, played really well against They're Playing well too. Yeah, yeah, you know, especially against a a team like uh, the Nationals where they went and beat up beat up on them and, and were winning without Arenado. Um like so like this isn't a division. You know, the Giants are going to get Samarja back soon. They're going to get Bumgarner right. back at some point. Um, like this isn't a division where you can mess around in because they could find themselves with all their other issues on the outside looking in. That's the thing. It, it, it's even with just Arizona and Colorado, it's tough. But then like you said, San Francisco getting their reinforcements back. Um, and even the Padres seven and 12, no one's going to confuse that for being good, but I don't think they're an automatic rollover either. Yes. But obviously they're, they're the last team to worry. Like don't, don't worry about them. But um, the other three teams are, aren't, aren't pushovers. So I don't know. It's, it's tough. Everything is going wrong for the Dodgers right now. Um, you know, outside of a few players playing well, like 
Matt Kemp, interestingly enough. Chase Utley has two stolen bases and a 969 OPS. Um, Yasmani Grandal has been great. You know, they have performances here and there that are good. That Clayton Kershaw guy looks like he's going to be something. I don't know. I'll have to investigate it, he but it does okay. look like it. Don't get too okay. I just want to, I don't want to be rude to you or whatever, but just like chill on it because I felt like you were about he, to get he, overboard he's, on this he's guy. He's getting moved up a, uh, a day uh, so they can put him against this Max Scherzer dude on, on Friday. I've heard some things about him too, but I again, I don't know. I'm like skeptical on it. Have it, you investigated uh, that Scherzer guy? I don't know, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to tell the wife to leave me alone, light some candles, and just turn on the TV that night because that sounds like a a pretty awesome Friday night. That's happy fun time right there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, that's that's excellent. So, you know, again, he's not on the DL. Jansen isn't. I don't think you can sell super low. Um, I think it would be a bad idea. Just ride it out. You paid a premium, expecting greatness. This is why even the most stable guys – have risk though right you can't be it's because we can't predict it and i'm not saying that anybody should have seen it coming or that you shouldn't have drafted him high this is no no revisionist here i thought he was the most stable closer asset like i can't stand like the people you know and there's a number of them in the industry like this 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 is why why you don't don't pay for saves like I, I'm with you. And like I, smart I hate people, smart people, I really respect in the injury in the industry. Like saying stuff like this, like like this is like no one saw this coming. Don't act yeah. like I mean he had three straight seasons in. And which... this has nothing to do with saves. Like mm-hmm. the, the, no, that's stupid as hell. If you're if you're saying that, come on, man, be better. It's, like that's that's so stupid. I and you know I mean yeah it's just it's it's such. It's such a bad process, like yeah, because you know to suggest uh, that because he's a closer, like that no, because there is closer volatility and it happens every year that the one of the historical greats at 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 position with the the most rock solid track record, even he uh, shouldn't be. Dra- Come on, you didn't and you, you didn't see this coming because the same people that are saying it had him number one in their ranks and as like a fifth round pick mm-hmm. or whatever. So I don't want to hear any bull. That's garbage. Well, and see, and that's the thing. Like, you know, people are like, well, you're just paying too much, too much for Kenley because he was going so high. Like, if if you're you're, sorry, I'm I'm stammering. This is just so upsetting to me. Anger. Like, if you were actually uh, paying for what the production level has been like over the course of the last three years, especially last year, dude finished eighth on the ESPN player radar last year. <laughs> he would like, be like a second rounder. Yeah, I mean, you, you'd be taking him in the first or second round. Like no, he, I agree. He finished right below Clayton Kershaw. Like, I mean, like you're you're already buying in or putting in the the chance that a closer can blow up and lose a job sure. or something like that. Like he sure. was just that good that he was a top ten player in fantasy last year and has been, you know, top ten to twenty player in fantasy the last three seasons. Like, so the idea that like, oh, you shouldn't pay. This is why you don't pay for saves. Like, come on, so. get out of here with that. So dumb. Like, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. The next two guys, you can, you can, you know, put sure. put a little check check box for that. But because Ken, those guys over exceptions. the course of the last few years have been guys where we went, like, oh, okay, he didn't perform. You know, you know, it wasn't that long ago where Craig Kimbrell wasn't good. You know, we we've had issues with with yep. Chapman. There have been no issues with Kenley Jansen 
you know, for the first three years of his career? Why, why would we think now that all of a sudden the wheels the were going to were going to come off? Eight years of his career. Yeah. I mean, you, you, like you can go all the way. Like, never had an ERA north of three two eighty five is a high. One year had a walk issue, or excuse me, his first two years. One was twenty seven innings, then in his first full season. But other than that, he's just been so rock solid. So this is not your. This is not your example of why you don't buy saves. If you're saying that, stop. You're wrong, and you sound stupid. Um, Alex Colomay might be your example. He had 47 saves at MLB mm-hmm. high and did not have component numbers to really suggest that he was some lockdown stud closer. Plus, there was the concern that he would be traded into a uh, middle relief role, and now he's just been brutal. 14 hits in his seven innings, yielding seven earned runs, six strikeouts, six walks. It's been bad what are you doing with Alex Colomay oh man I'm freaking out (laughs) yeah he's given up runs in uh five of his eight outings by the way it's not you know when you see this and it's like one awful outing where he walked four and gave up six runs you kind of say okay I can work around that it was one bad outing this is consistent issues uh he's given up at least one hit in every single outing for alex colomay he's given up uh two walks two different times it's again it's just been bad multiple strikeouts just once he had a three strikeout inning back on april 13th there's just nothing good here even in the small sample to really be confident with and again you came into the season or you should have having a little skepticism on Alex Colomay. I don't, you know, there was no gaudy strikeout rate last year or even a gaudy walk rate. At least if you're not going to have strikeouts like Mark Melanson, when he was at his peak, I liked that he didn't walk guys. It was pretty bland for Colomay on both. The one positive factor or, or the silver lining, even not really super positive, is that there's not really a great replacement on deck. So they have kind of extended the leash and they're, awful in Tampa Bay. They're 4 and 13 and they look every bit of a 4 and 13 team. So he's not really getting replaced right now. Is it Sergio Romo? Is it like a Jose Alvarado, a young guy who can throw hard? Is it Chaz Rowe who can reel off some nasty pitches but never really seems to extend it beyond that? He always ends up uh with a few pitches in the pitcher list nastiest pitches. Yeah, like but, a couple uh, yesterday. Oh, I mean, he in any given outing. Oh, and his strikeout rate is up this year. Okay, I because I've always seen him in those things in the roundups with these great pitches, but then kind of like uh, you know I don't see great performance with it. Well, thirty six percent strikeout rate, uh, still walks too many guys. But is, is there somebody there that you're speculating on in Tampa Bay uh, with Calame continuing to struggle? Mm, I guess it's. Oh. I think it's Roe. I, I know a lot of people have gone to Alvarado. Uh, and It's Roe or Romo, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry, on Roe. Uh, Ro. Okay, okay. I, I I think people are picking up Alvarado, thinking he's a nice guy. He's the only lefty in that bullpen, and which, he's young, which means the Rays won't want to give him saves. Um, uh, yeah, not the guy. I, I, I'd be really surprised. I'll take, I'll take an L if he ends up being the guy. He's third on that list for me for the exact reasons actually, you mentioned. You know, I'm going to go Romo. Because he's got Freaking, the experience, uh-huh. and like that, yep. that means something to man. It doesn't mean anything to me, and so don't don't come yelling at me. But he's got a sub two ERA. He's walking everybody, but um, he's done it repeatedly. Yeah, he's you know well, 
three three seasons. I thought actually thought if you had quizzed me and said like how many twenty safe seasons does Romo have, how many would you have said? You well, probably know better. Cause I, yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd get it right because yeah, he was a giant. But I, but, I would have uh, said like five or six. And he's also you and know then, a couple years removed from those. Um, yes, yes. So, uh, but I think uh, the. Uh, uh, you think Kevin Cash will go Romo? I th- yeah, I think that's probably that. He's probably the first guy. I mean, he's looking more like he was. The ground ball rate has spiked back up, which is good. Um, you know, he's getting strikeouts. He's still walking a lot of guys, but he's not. He's not letting that hurt him because he hasn't given up a home run yet this year. Um, yeah, when you don't get any hits because mm-hmm. they haven't been getting very many hits, then the walks uh, aren't as big of an issue. So he'll have to continue to to stifle the hits. But uh, yeah, I think Romo or Rowe is is where you want to look um, if, if you're if you're trying to speculate there. So it's not a great situation overall. By the way, they're not winning a lot of games. They'll be a little bit better just because I don't think they'll be playing at a three and fourteen clip all year, whatever that, uh, or four and thirteen, whatever that win percentage is. But uh, it's bad. It's bad out in Tampa Bay. So those are your speculations. Let's go out to Houston, where the speculation or 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 the the the, the pickup, if you believe that Ken Giles is kind of out of the job as opposed to just in one of his many early season uh, departures from the role, which seems to happen every single year. Uh, but Chris Davinsky's probably scooped in a lot of leagues. So if that is the case and they do make the change, you might not be uh, able to really parlay it into anything fantasy-wise. But go check. Make sure Davinsky is not on a roster and scoop him right away because he is pitching brilliantly no matter what. And, but he also has two saves to Giles' one. Is is Davinsky the closer in Houston? Ooh, I think right now he is. And do you think that that's going to last? Because I'm starting to think so. I don't see why it wouldn't. He's so good. He and is. Giles, they haven't trusted Giles ever, really. I've never felt like they've been at peace with Ken Giles as their closer, evidenced by the fact that he's been removed from the role uh, in both of the years that he's been with them. Once early in, in 16, and then last year late, basically in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, the the fact that uh, they wouldn't even use him in the World Series. They were terrified of using I him. I mean, like, it was it was like the saddest moment. Because, like, you know, these guys work their, their butts off oh, yeah. to, get to, to get to a World Series. And, like... Um, uh, why am I blanking? Oh, AJ Hinch, like, like he would have, he would have let Alex Bregman pitch. Oh, for sure. He was got to go to. Let, yeah, Jake Marisnik has a pretty good arm. We're, mm-hmm. we're looking to the, uh, we're looking to the hitters first, <laughs> and you know that's tough, right? Especially for like a closer, they're kind of like alphas. Like I'm, I'm the guy, and Giles definitely looks like he has that sort of like, you know, I'm ready to go in and, and, and beast out and. And it just wasn't working for him. And he was basically removed from the role in the playoffs because he got smoked. He gave up 10 runs in the playoffs uh, over seven and two-thirds. And so now in, in Davinsky, this is not some fly-by-night. You know, he's going into his uh, – he's, he's putting down the, the groundwork for his third excellent season. He's been brilliant the last two years. And he's off to a fast start with 11 strikeouts and a walk in his first nine innings and two saves. I think this is Davinsky's job, and I'm I'm going out and getting him anywhere I can. Again, in the scant leagues where he's available, because I think people uh, were were rostering him already, just as kind of a uh, ratio and strikeout supplement. And now they might have had some found money as a potential closer. 
he may be actually, and I, I didn't do my full disclosure article this year because I got so busy with things, and that's my article where I kind of figure out how many guys I've got on each team. Your I, portfolio? Yeah, I think he may be my most owned pitcher in my portfolio. Um, Davinsky? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, dude. So You stand to benefit big I'm, time. I'm man. hoping he's the closer because that's going to be huge for me. Uh, well, I mean, he – he qualified at starting pitcher for some reason, uh, you know, in in uh, in terms of the ESPN player rater, and he's been no lower than like thirty first as, as a starting pitcher or wow. in the ESPN player rater for the last like two or three seasons. So like, I mean, like there was a lot of value because he pitches so many innings and he's so good with those. Like he's so good, uh, and so like you know, I was taking him a lot earlier than his ADP because he just was such a huge help to your ratios and he he would pick up a number of wins he'd pick up a number of saves every year you know he won eight games last year you know four saves you know if this year he you know doesn't get many wins but he uh he gets me 25 saves i'm gonna be pretty stoked but uh he was in the andrew miller role and now it's looking like he he's emerging from that so and they just don't i mean don't get me wrong the skills aren't awful for 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 giles but it's they just don't trust him, and that's huge. Like, if if the manager can't trust you with a game on the line, then that's you know that's probably a bigger that's thing it. than the skills. Yep, and like that's, that, that's the bottom line is they they don't trust him at all. And I don't really think that they should. I don't either. I told you I was out this year. Colette uh, is a big fan, and and we used to be really in and and scooping him in labor. And I was like, this year, no, man, we can't do it. We can't do it. He's going to lose his job at some point. And what if it sticks? And and it's not over yet, right? This could flip. They go back and say we were just giving him kind of a breather, and Giles is back in. But if I'm betting, I'm betting that it's Davinsky. So that's who I'm putting uh, the eggs in in that basket right now. And I'm going. I'm going with Davinsky. So, all right, Justin, that's going to wrap us up. Uh, that was a good one. I think we're on this week with a certain somebody I whose show you are. still haven't watched, and I've watched every one, and I wrote all the Wikipedia's for his ep- for the episodes because mm. I know yeah, no, about it, it. Is is that what it's like? I, yes, I've, I've watched that show twice. Mm, I don't think you have. I was a I was a PA on that show. I was a production assistant, if that's what PA means. I don't know. Now, I haven't watched Turn, but Ian Khan will be on, and he's given he's forgiven me for not watching yet. It's really bad that I haven't because I'm a history nerd. Like I, I'm going to love it once I start watching it. It's, just it's that, really, really good. Baseball season's I mean, going. It's going to be difficult. I'm a history yeah. nerd, too. I'm actually finishing up my BA in history. Hey, uh, and I did that, too. It's uh, it's fantastic. It's 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 really really well done. You can go go check it out on Netflix if you haven't seen it. There you go. So watch Turn. Ian Khan, star of Turn, will be on this show um, on Sunday. Yes, we're recording on Sunday. I did a solo episode yesterday that we're rolling, y'all. The season's in full effect. Pods coming out left and right. Articles coming out. Better be reading Justin's roto write up. Uh, what do you guys got going on at Friends with Fantasy Benefits? Lots and lots and lots of podcasts. Uh, we're we're pretty much five to or four to seven times a week with episodes. Oh, we got you. We got you covered. We can keep you fully immersed in baseball from now until the end of the year. Like it is time. Get rid of your family and friends and and hobbies that aren't baseball related. It's it, this is the time. It's baseball and it's great. Uh, all right, Justin. I'll talk to you in a couple of days. Have a good one.
Want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy baseball league? Well, look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. Download SquadQL for free for your Apple and Android devices. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup each day based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. How does SquadQL actually do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster, your league scoring system. The app also provides waiver wire recommendations, daily updates to player rankings, and much more. Head to the Apple app or Google Play stores to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy baseball manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by over 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android.